0: Crossroads family, how are you guys doing today? I love it. If you don't know me, my name is Michelle, and I'm the pastor of recovery here at Crossroads. And I, if you know me, I say this all the time, I'm the pastor with the past. Um, because my past was yucky, it was horrible. Yet I'm also living proof of what God can do when you give your stuff to him. So I am super excited to be with you. As you can see, today looks a little bit different, because today we get to talk about recovery. That is so cool. See... Here's the thing, you may not come to recovery, so we're bringing recovery to you. What do you think about that? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, But for some of you, I understand. You know, you hear the word recovery, and to a lot of people, recovery is a scary word. It's something they don't want to talk about. It's that thing they want to avoid. It's that thing that they say, it's for those people, it's not for me. So before you tune me out today, just give me a chance, because I want to show you that recovery is for everybody because every single one of us has struggled with something in our life. And maybe some of us are struggling with something now. And for a lot of us, those struggles have caused some deep wounds, some scars. And whether we want to admit it or not, because of those scars, we develop issues. And those issues are what we call hurts, habits, and hangups at Crossroads Recovery. And trust me, we all have them. So I want to get that out of the way right now. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, hey, I got some issues. Oh wait, it's not over now. You look at the other neighbor and say, that's okay, because so do I. (laughs) See, that wasn't so hard, was it? Give yourself a round of applause. You admitted it. In all seriousness, we truly all struggle with something at some point of our life. And some of us handle those struggles great. And some of us stuff those emotions that come along with the struggles and when we continue to stuff those emotions that's when we need recovery and recovery doesn't have to be a scary word in fact i'm trying i'm hoping to show you a different side of recovery today i'm hoping to show you that recovery is really about starting over recovery is about learning to walk free So that's kind of why when Pastor Tim asked me to talk today, I was really excited because again, I get to bring recovery to you. I get to show you what it's like to be able just to breathe and be able to walk free. But before I get into my message, I have to share a secret obsession with you. I am a roller coaster freak. Anyone else out there like roller coasters? Yeah, Yeah. roller coaster. To me, the ultimate scariest roller coaster ride in the world is the dragster at Cedar Point. That thing is crazy. It is literally the scariest 17 seconds of your entire life. Those 17 seconds seem like hours, let me tell you. And while the ride itself is really scary, to me what's really scary is the anticipation of what's to come. Like you stand in line for hours for this ride and you hear all the screams above you and you watch the ride and all you can think about, oh my gosh, what's it going to be like when I get on it? And then you get on the ride and they put you in this seat thing and you have to sit there and wait even more because you're at this stoplight thing and you don't go till it turns green. And you hear the engine revving and your heart's pounding in anticipation of this ride because you know that in any, in any second you're going to be plummeted to 120 miles in just 3.8 seconds. Now that is scary. If you think recovery is scary, you need to try the dragster. Then recovery won't be so scary for you. <laughs> but seriously, I talk about, I talk about roller coasters because that's kind of what recovery is. Recovery, and even life for that reason, for that matter, is kind of like a roller coaster because it's filled with ups and downs. Like some people walk into recovery and um, they're not really sure why they're there. They come there because something just doesn't feel right. They can't pinpoint it, they can't give it a name. It's something just doesn't feel right. So they have this thing inside of them, like this void with this pit, whatever it is, and they're using all the wrong things to cover it up. So they give recovery a try because other people say it works. And so, you know what? They're like, what the heck, I'll give it a try. I just wanna be fixed, that's all they think about. I just come here, just fix me. So they come to Crossroads Recovery and they start working the program, but they let their mind wander because they're trying to rush through the process. And instead of soaking in everything that they're learning through through Crossroads Recovery and even here at church, instead of using the tools that they've been given through sermons or lessons, they become so preoccupied with what is next or getting fixed that they don't fully embrace the support that they actually have. They don't understand that here at Crossroads Recovery or even in church, they're developing a support system a family that includes a bunch of people that they can call or turn to when they're struggling. And they don't appreciate or notice those tiny baby steps that they've taken in the process because they're so preoccupied with just getting fixed. So they come to one or two meetings and they're not immediately fixed, and then they stop coming to recovery altogether and then eventually find themselves way back right where they started from, wondering what went wrong. What people forget is whether they're in recovery for themselves or because they're trying to figure out why a loved one does what they do. Recovery is filled with ups and downs. For example, people walk into recovery and they're doing great and they're working on letting go of that scar, whatever that thing is that they're holding on to. And things seem to be going really well, they're working well, and they slowly start climbing up that steep slope of getting the help that they need. And then, bam, out of nowhere, comes an old friend, a trigger, a temptation. And before you know it, they hit that downward slope again, and they're silently screaming out for help, forgetting how far they've come, forgetting the tools that they've been given. And then other times, people seem to be taking some pretty big strides toward letting that thing go, whatever it is, whatever they're secretly holding on to, that scar. And they say, you know what? I got this. I don't need recovery. I'm good. But then a couple weeks go by, and they realize they're starting to struggle again. And then they lose hope and say, well, that was stupid. That didn't work. And they walk away before the miracle actually happens. They walk away before the change really starts to take root. And then they find themselves asking God why. God, why did you let this happen? If it sounds familiar to you, I get it. Letting go of that thing that offers you immediate, safe comfort, whatever it is, drugs, alcohol, pornography, relationships, yelling at someone in anger, trying to fix someone, wearing a mask, or trying to control a situation, whatever it is, learning how to really let it go and walk free is difficult. Letting go and walking free is literally a day-by-day, sometimes minute-by-minute process. And every single day can feel different for us. One day you feel great about your progress, and the next day you don't think you've progressed at all. One day things are going great, and then boom, you trip and you hit that downward slope again, and you're starting to feel worthless and not worth, not worth anything again. And this is something we can all relate to in some way. Because recovery or not, When things get rough, many of us forget that God already has a plan for us. And we forget that that plan includes you. Yes, I'm talking to you. You are part of God's plan. See, God has promised that he will never leave you, even when you leave him. So even on those days when you say, sorry, not today, God, I don't have time for you. I'm too busy. God is still waiting there, waiting to take your hand. God promises you that he'll be with you even when you're afraid and discouraged. He promises that he'll be with you even when you trip and fall. And God promises that he'll be with you even when you lose hope. Listen to Deuteronomy 31.8. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will never fail you nor abandon you. See, I didn't make that up. That's in the Bible, just so you guys know. God will never leave you. Once you say yes to Jesus, he's there waiting for you to come back anytime you leave him. And more importantly, you have to remember that God has already made a path for you. He's cleared a path for you to help you walk free. That path is laid out, but it's up to you to choose which way to go. And that's the key to walking free remembering that God has laid out a path for you even when you go the other way so if you want to walk free then trust that God has a plan for you walking free means trusting God by giving him your yoke giving him your past and leaving it at the foot of the cross knowing that once you do that wherever you go God is with you genesis 28:15 I am with you and I will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. See, recovery is about remembering that God is with you even when you're not with him. And God will bring you back anytime you wander. God has a plan for your life. And that plan does not include depression, anxiety, or the addiction that some of us are facing. God's plan for us doesn't include fear, unforgiveness, shame, rejection, grief, envy, pride, insecurity. God's plan for your life is about helping you walk free from whatever it is that's holding you back. And walking free means understanding that God is with you and once you walk away from him he will do everything he can to bring you back because once you say yes to jesus you are never alone so if you want to walk free then you have to trust that god is with you even when your walls are caving in even when you think that every you swore that every single person you swore to stay away from suddenly shows up in your life demanding your attention again walking free means trusting god even when you're triggered And especially when that thing or that person is right there in your face, demanding attention again. Walking free is about making a choice. The choice to choose God or remain in your old sinful lifestyle. And I know how difficult that choice can be. I wanna share a personal story with you. I'm from Chicago and um, I moved to Indiana 13 years ago with my two children and I left my family back home. One of my sisters passed away when she was 40, and I now have two living sisters and a brother. My family and I used to be really close. We got together practically every weekend, every holiday, every chance we could. I had what most people would call a really fun family. On the outside, we were that fun, hilarious, obnoxious family that laughed at anything. And I think we secretly had an obsession to see who could outlaugh each other. There was always plenty of alcohol, In fact, too much alcohol. And anyone, and I mean anyone, was welcome to our house. What I didn't realize until I started my recovery journey is that we were also a family with some deep-rooted hurts and lots of secrets. We were the family that chose fake laughter and alcohol to mask our pain. We were the family that never talked about the abuse that happened to us when we were children. We put on the party mask, and we said we were okay. I think we were taught just pretend it didn't happen and then you'll never have to deal with it. We were also the family that taught our children that alcohol is always the answer. It wasn't until I left Chicago and moved to Indiana and found God that I understood how easy it was to mask my pain with with fake laughter. I kind of went to church in Chicago, so I kind of knew who God was, but the only God that I knew was the God of punishment. And once I started looking at my scars, exposing my scars, my wounds, I felt that the lifestyle that I led deserved God's punishment. I didn't know what it meant to have a close relationship with God, because why would God want anything to do with a woman like me? I came to Crossroads, and Crossroads seemed to be helping me get closer to God, but I was still a wreck. I still wore a mask. I joined Crossroads Recovery, but even there, I wore a mask, pretending that nothing hurt. I remember early on in my recovering asking God for answers. But the more he revealed to me, the more miserable I became. And I kept asking why. I was desperately trying to find him. I was trying to understand what his love and forgiveness was really about. But the more he revealed to me, the more miserable I became. And again, I kept asking why. Why did God let those things happen? Why did it seem like any time I turned around, I got more bad news, even now that I was searching God and doing the things I thought I was supposed to do? Why did God let those things happen? I was trying so hard, but trusting God was so difficult because he kept exposing my pain. He kept exposing my wounds. It was so much easier for me just to pretend that nothing happened and put that mask on. I remember talking to my mentor once about the pain I was in, and he said, Michelle, you need to take that pain to God. And I was furious with that answer. I'm like, no, I want the pain to go away. God is not taking it away. I was working the program. I was going to to God, but my walls were still caving in. The final straw for me was when I got the news that my son was going to go to prison for three DUIs. It was more than I can bear as a mother to see your child in prison. I literally asked God, what kind of God would do this? What kind of God would allow this to happen? Especially now because I was doing everything I thought I was supposed to do. I was developing a relationship with God and he let my son go to prison. I was working the program. I was doing everything I thought. But I remember that day I had a choice to make. I could trust God or I could just walk away from God, pick up my mask, and go on with life pretending like nothing hurt. I'll never forget my conversation with God that day. I was brutally honest and angry and everything inside of me wanted to take the easy route. It felt like God and I argued for hours. But I finally said out loud, Okay, God, I'm trusting you. My son now belongs to you. I wish I could say that after I said those words, my son was magically fixed, and I was all better. But that's not how it works. But God did show me that by picking up my mask and pretending wouldn't make the pain go away. That pain was real, and that pain would still be there, mask or not. And even though I asked God to remove it, he didn't. Has there ever been a time when you asked God to remove something? Maybe it was a person. Maybe it was a deep hurt, a temptation, a trigger. Whatever it was, can you recall asking God to take it away and he didn't? You prayed and you pleaded, yet God still didn't remove it. Maybe you're asking God to remove something right now and you're frustrated because it's still there. Maybe you're considering walking away. The truth is, is just as I had a choice to make, you have a choice to make. You can trust God or you can walk away. And recovery is all about those moments. See, walking free doesn't mean that just because you're working the steps, just because you're working the program, just because you beg God to remove something, You'll never be tempted, and you'll never hurt again. I chose God, but I will still wince in pain every single time I tell someone that my son went to prison. I will always fight the temptation to say it was my fault. But the difference is, is now I know that God is with me in those moments. Now I know that when I'm weak, God is strong. I wish God would take away your pain. But I've learned in life that recovery in life is all about choices. I haven't seen my family in over three years. Every holiday, I enthusiastically tell my sisters that I'm coming back home. And part of me wants to go back home. But as the holiday gets closer, I know that I'm not strong enough to go back yet. So I choose to stay away. Is that the right answer? I can't tell you. But the truth is, I choose to stay away because I know that if I go back home now, the old Michelle will rear her ugly head again because I can so easily become that fake party girl again. And I'm just not strong enough. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God has something better for me right here. So I choose to stay here. It doesn't mean that I love my sisters any less. It just means that for now, I choose to stay away. See walking free doesn't mean that life suddenly becomes easy. One of my favorite people in the Bible is Paul because there is so much of me that resonates with Paul. You want to talk about someone who had scars and regrets? Paul is someone that went after and persecuted people who fought for Jesus. Paul was a murderer and as an outsider looking in many people may say Paul was not worthy of saving. Yet God, God said Paul is worthy, and God sought after Paul, and Paul turned his life over to Christ, becoming one of Jesus' biggest supporters. Paul went on to write 13 out of the 27 books in the New Testament. Paul did amazing things, yet Paul still struggled with his scars. And we see this as Paul is asking God to remove his thing three times. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 9. So to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. Paul asked God to remove his thing three times three times. And while I don't really know what Paul's thorn was, I'm pretty sure it kept him up at night. I'm pretty sure that at times it made him really difficult to concentrate on doing God's work. You know, I put myself in Paul's place and I wonder why he didn't just give up. Why didn't he walk away? Think about it. Paul was persecuted for doing God's work. He could have easily got walked away. He could have bargained with God and said something like, Okay, God, I'm doing exactly what you asked me to. I'm changing lives, God, and I will continue to do so. All I ask in return is that you move the, remove this one tiny thing. Because if you think I'm good now, God, let's be honest. Think of how good I'm going to be when it's gone. Okay, to be clear, that's, that's me paraphrasing. That is not in the Bible. And I say that because I may or may not have had a similar conversation with God. But the point is, is that Paul struggled with the why. Otherwise, why would he have asked God to remove it three times? The key to remember is that while Paul may have asked God to remove this thing three times, even though his thorn remained, he never gave up. He never turned away from God. Paul continually chose to trust God. And we see this in 2 Corinthians twelve nine through 10. So now I boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That is why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults, the hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. When I am weak, I am strong. Guys, right there, that's our message today. Our message is when you say yes to Jesus, to remember that when you are weak, you are strong. Let's be honest, recovery or not, a lot of us have an ugly past. A lot of us have those internal hidden scars that we're trying and we're trying to change. We're desperately trying to change. We're trying to do something different and maybe we are changing, but then nobody notices the change. And that gets so frustrating. Our ugly past causes us hardship, insults, and persecution. And when we think that nobody's noticing that change, we struggle because we figure, what's the point anyway? Why am I working so hard if no one even notices? It seems the other road is just so much easier. But what if we changed our thought pattern and we became more like Paul? What if we understood that walking free means knowing that recovery and life it's going to be filled with ups and downs. What if instead of giving in when things got difficult, we were more like Paul and we looked at that thorn, that scar, that temptation or obstacle and say maybe the problem is not really the obstacle. Maybe this thorn is God's way of telling me that I'm on the wrong road. What if we changed our thought pattern and said maybe this thorn is a reminder that I need to reach out to someone when I'm struggling and lean on those people that God has placed in my life. Stop and think about that for a moment. Think about whatever it is that's holding you back from becoming the true person that God created you to be. And instead of getting angry with God and giving up and walking away, try looking at that obstacle as your pathway to walking free. I wanna share a video with you guys that is about real people with real struggles. Each one of them still has their scar, their thorn, yet each one of them is now walking free because they finally accepted that God is with them. As you watch this video, I want you to think about your thorn, whatever it is that's holding you back. Think about that thing and think about what's keeping you from walking free.
1: verdict was guilty the case closed the end no chance for me to ever leave this prison of my sin now i know it might sound crazy but one day a key unlocked that cell i heard a small voice say your debt's been paid by somebody else and now i'm walking 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 And perfect. I still stumble every single day. I still get knocked down. But the difference now is that's not where I stay. Because I got a Savior who knows everything. up ahead Cause there is a Savior Who knows if
0: real people with real scars that are now walking free because they accepted God's forgiveness. That's what this moment is right here, right now. This is your moment to walk free. This is your moment to remember that even though you still have that scar, that pain, God has already gone ahead of you and paved a path for you. But you have to make the choice of which road to take. In this moment, are you finally ready to surrender whatever it is that you need to let go of and leave it at Jesus' feet permanently? Are you ready to let your past go and walk free, remembering that no matter what anyone says, you are not the label that society has put on you. You are not the lies that the enemy tried to sell you. You are who God says you are. God says you are his child. You are the apple of God's eye, and God loves you. Are you ready to accept that truth today? Lay everything down at Jesus' feet and walk free. If you are, then it's time to say yes.
2: Hey, can we just say thank you to Michelle and for everything that's going on with Crossroads Recovery. I am incredibly excited about the lives that are going to be changed because of this ministry But if we can just be real for a moment, that real change, it begins with one decision. It's one decision that changes everything. It's that moment when you realize, I can't do this on my own. I need Jesus. And here at Crossroads, that's our mission is to connect you with Jesus. It's the why behind everything that we do. And that's why every Sunday, we make it a point to give everyone an opportunity to say yes to Jesus because I believe there are people joining us every week who need that opportunity, that invitation to a changed life. And so if you're here today and you're realizing I need to take this first step, I need to say yes to Jesus. If I am going to begin this journey, if I'm gonna truly walk free, I can't do this on my own anymore. I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer with us together and say yes to Jesus because that's a moment that changes everything. So Crossroads, would you stand with me in this moment? Together, can we have a moment where we together say yes to Jesus and pray alongside someone who might be doing this for the very first time and being welcomed into God's family. Let's pray this prayer together. Jesus, I need you. I believe you are the savior of the world, that you gave your life to forgive my sins and that God raised you from the grave so that I could have eternal life. Thank you for loving me. I am saying yes to you, Jesus. Come into my life, I will follow you Amen. And can we give God the praise and glory? Because he is worthy. There is no one like him. And he loves us with an extravagant love today. And if you said that prayer for the first time today, Pastor Keith is right up here. I invite you to come forward after this service is over. We have a Bible we would love to give you. We want to help take this journey with you and help you take the next steps that God is calling you so that you can walk free. And we want to celebrate that with you today. But that's not where it ends. The journey begins by saying yes to Jesus. It continues with beautiful and sacred moments of surrender. And those moments happen every week at Crossroads Recovery. Michelle, tell us a little bit about what that moment looks like, because I know this is a favorite moment
0: for you. This is, this, this is ultimately my favorite moment at Crossroads Recovery. Crossroads Recovery always gives everybody a chance to surrender. As I said earlier, there's so many things that we hold on to when we walk into a recovery program and we think, okay, whatever, yeah, I'm here, I'm going to be fixed. But it's all about you guys taking that first step of surrender. There's so many things that hold us back. We call them hurts, habits, and hangups. You guys know exactly what you're holding on to. We want to give you an opportunity to surrender it. We do this thing called the white chip moment. White stands for surrender. And this is the moment that you just let go. You say, okay, God, I'm ready to let this go. Whatever it is, I'm ready to give it to you. Leave it at your foot and I'm gonna take this little token as a reminder to me during the week, when I wanna pick it back up, I've surrendered it to you. So that's what this, chip, this moment is about. There's nothing magical about this chip, it's not gonna fix you overnight, but it is a reminder that you gave something up. So I wanna offer that opportunity to everybody here right now. If you are ready to let go of something, whatever it is you're holding on to, come on up and get one of these surrender chips.
2: celebrate moments of surrender because this is where change begins Come on. Woo! <laughs> uh, I love these moments because it is a pure celebration of God doing a work in people's lives and that's what it's all about that's how we walk free it's daily saying yes to Jesus no matter what the question is God whatever you're asking the answer is yes. And that's why these moments are so beautiful because it's a moment where you surrender and God, yes, it's yours. Whatever hurt that I've been holding on to, whatever habit, whatever hang up, the answer is yes, God, it's yours. That's why that white chip moment is so beautiful.
0: <laughs> I just wanna give you guys one more opportunity. This is a sacred moment. Just cause you come up here and grab a chip doesn't mean that you're labeled as anything. Remember that you are a child of God. But seriously, if your heart is pounding like crazy right now and you're sweating, We didn't turn the heat up in here. That could be something from God saying, this is your moment to surrender it. So just one more time, is there anybody out there that wants to give something up? Remember, there is no shame, no nothing. It's time to give it up. One more time, anybody.
2: some of us are a little slow on the uptake. I remember uh, one of the biggest moments I had, just a moment of surrender in my life. It was old fashioned altar call and I was fighting it. My heart was racing like crazy. I thought somebody turned the heat up to Michelle and I'm going, no God, I'm not going to go. And then (laughs) I just thought, all right, I had a, a person in my mind who was in the room. If that person goes forward right now, then I'll go. And if God didn't have that person go for it, like five seconds later, I just went, oh, fine. And I went forward and and got it. Sometimes it takes us a little while. Sometimes we need the extra nudge, but what a beautiful moment that is. That's fantastic, that's fantastic, yeah. Uh, This is why we do what we do at Crossroads Recovery. These are beautiful and sacred moments that happen every week uh, at this ministry. And so I just encourage you, come out to this. If you need this, come out. Invite someone to join you who's desperate for the hope that we have in Jesus because this is a ministry that is changing lives and we get to celebrate that God is good. He is changing lives. Amen. And it's happened through this ministry at Crossroads Recovery, yeah. Michelle, thank you. Can we give Michelle one more round of applause today? She crushed it. We're gonna leave today celebrating because God is good. Let's celebrate the breakthroughs that have happened today and let's lift up the name of Jesus one more time before we leave today. Crossroads, God is good. Let's put our hands together and celebrate who he is and what he's done for us.